Hey guys, welcome to Rank and Vile, the podcast where we attempt to rank every single horror movie ever. And on this episode, we are joined by comics writer Chad Bowers. How's it going, man? Hey, good, man. It's going great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being on. And this is Ryan, obviously. And this is Quincy. And uh, for those of you who are paying close attention, Chad, uh, this is your second appearance on the show. You're like one of two three people that's made like repeat appearances wow. so congratulations hey, no problem thanks this you know my my, my second and last appearance probably uh depending on how, how tall I <laughs> well <laughs> yeah as you're like looking at the list of movies we've done you're just sort of like oh god this way lies madness no no well listen. to be fair we were like hey come on but you can come on our show but you have to talk about rock, rock and roll nightmare yeah. well, i'm excited <laughs> burning bridge oh god man no. What, a, what a movie! I'll, I'll be 100 percent honest, and we can talk. I'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about this more when we we get into the movie. But I, I had no idea uh, who John Michael Thor was uh, oh. before this. We're going to talk about this uh, a lot. I mean, it, but, but I've since learned uh, quite a bit. Uh, for... Oh, settle in, my guy, because I watched the John Michael Thor documentary today in preparation oh, for our yeah. Episode. No, I'm, I, I think I'm all in now. But but man. <laughs> Uh, so before we we dive into Thor, uh, what what got you into horror movies as a kid? Like, do you have uh, you know what are your video store memories? Like, what what brought you to this lowly state? Oh man, no, I mean probably you know very similar to a lot of your your guests and probably like you guys. You know, I I, I grew up maybe maybe this is a little bit different, but I grew, I grew up. Uh, in a pretty pretty small town in uh, South Carolina, very rural, and like you know, my video store was uh, like an add-on to a gas station, and so you mm-hmm. know, I would I would go in, and you know, anytime mom and dad stopped by the gas station to get gas on the way home, or you know, they, I, I would you know just get a movie. Um, then you know, they had a lot of horror movies, and I uh, would get you know just whatever looked good or whatever looked cool, and a lot of repeat, mm-hmm. a lot of repeat uh, uh, rentals. You know, I, I think I, I barely left Predator in the in the you know store. Um, you know that that's where I learned about Aliens and Hell Comes to Frogtown and you know just just oh, yeah. just a ton of stuff that you know I'm sure you guys have talked about before on the show. But um, yeah, so so you know, small town video rental, just just having nothing else to do but watch horror movies. Um, <laughs> when I when I first realized that I liked horror movies and kind of there was a, there's a period of time in my life as a you know, kid, I guess, in sort of a, a preteen, where I was was convinced that I wanted to be like a makeup artist, and uh, mm-hmm. my I was really scared of uh, Chucky uh, when I was a when I was a kid. Um, I, I think I was probably about seven or eight when that when that first movie came out, and uh-huh. I just was freaked out by it. You know what I mean? Because I was super into toys, and like that was like right there in my wheelhouse, and it was like, man, this is this is mm-hmm. crazy. And I remember my mom, who uh, and I may have talked about this when I talked to you, talked to, to you guys last time. But I, this is my big my big horror origin story, I think. But like my mom was like, you know, oh man, he's really scared of this thing. And then she saw like on Entertainment Tonight or one of those like you know, uh, you know, evening magazine TV shows that like they were gonna do like a a big story about the guys that made the Chucky doll come to life, you know. And so she like right. recorded it for me, and uh, and I was like, okay, you know, and she was gonna like let me watch it like with, with all the lights on and in the daytime, and it was gonna be great. And, uh, like, the very first thing they show, after they've kind of introduced the guys, is they show them, like, taking that, 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 that you know, 
that silicone like skin and like r- just like wrenching it over the top of this like metal skull they've got for the, the chuck. Oh, and it's like even more horrifying than anything that I imagine that doll would, would be like in real life. You know? What yeah, I mean? that skull is wild. Oh, it's, just, it's nothing but eyes and teeth. You know? And so it, uh, yeah, it, it it just made it worse. It just made it worse. Oh, but yeah. I was so like you know fixated on the idea of, the, of making these things. So. Uh, that that's sort of where I kind of got into the I, I, I sort of you know against my against my like I, I guess I I, sh- I shouldn't I guess my body was 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 telling me one thing and my mind was telling me another because I had to had to get those right. Fangoria magazines man I started buying those things up like crazy uh, and that's sort of where I learned oh, about yeah. like you know makeup and special effects and you know animatronics and stuff like that so so that was my well, interest for a the, long time. Well, and, and you brought up the uh, the gas station slash uh, video sort of thing, and I feel like this is a southern phenomenon that um, a lot of people who aren't from the south kind of aren't familiar with. Is like a lot of stores in the south really like mashing up unrelated shit. Oh like, yeah. Uh, we're, where I lived in Tennessee, we uh, in White House, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I technically lived in Cotton Town, Tennessee, <laughs> and uh, we had uh, things like a Captain Video and Tanning. Yes, <laughs> yes. Video and tanning is a staple in my uh, my yeah, neck of the we, woods we, too. We had, yeah. we had plenty of those. And there was there was energy video was the big one uh, it, that was the name of it because it was like a hardware store that became a video store, um, mm-hmm. and then there was another store that was even closer to my house called Energy Video Two, which was not owned by the same guy, but it just wasn't a big enough deal for him to like sue him for the name. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just a different guy who yeah, was like, just, it's energy video yep, too. He just like, was it Roman numeral two or was it like T O O? Like, Ro- also, we are in energy video. It was Roman numeral two. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, an unauthorized sequel. Yeah, it was great. So, my oh, favorite wow. part of um, Nashville is there is a neighborhood where an old Hollywood video, when they went out of business. Uh, someone bought it and turned it to a hair supply store, oh, yeah. so they called it Hollywood Hair, and they just left the Hollywood video uh, facade on the building, and all they changed was the video to Oh, hair. yeah, that's great. And, like, everything else was exactly the same. Uh, Chris, who, who I think's been on the show, right? Chris has been on your show, right? Chris oh, is yeah. My, yeah. my co-writer on a lot of stuff. Uh, we, he and I and this other guy uh, in North Carolina at a con a couple weeks ago had this, like, probably a 30-minute conversation about places that we've been where they've turned blockbuster videos into something else and that was uh that was a nice little trip down memory lane as far as you know what what our local blockbuster videos have been turned into most of them seem to be like furniture stores or like like uh check cashing places or like you know high interest loan places but uh yeah yeah see my wife's um hometown they turned the block it, happy ending they turned the blockbuster video back into a family video oh, which that's great. are yeah. Shock, dude! Shockingly, switch business in small towns still because people don't trust that machine that spits movies out at you. <laughs> yeah, funny how economies where uh, credit cards aren't aren't really a thing they yeah. haven't really caught on. <laughs> yeah, the video right stores still do pretty well. Mm-hmm. I, I want to say there's still a video store in my hometown, um, but but I can't remember. I you know I, I don't. I, I go home a different way. I, I want to say, like, last Christmas, I remember driving by and being like, oh, man, that place is still still around. And Mom was like, yeah, you know, was, was telling me about it. And I don't, I don't think any, I mean, I don't think my parents have been there in years. But, yeah, so mm-hmm. I, they're out there. They're definitely out there, which is crazy. Oh, uh, 100%. 
Yeah. I think what's also great about the video stores of ages gone by is uh, these trash tapes uh, were like they were able to exist because of video stores. So we have wonderful garbage like Rock and Roll Nightmare. Yeah. Also, the Blockbuster had that kind of weird morality thing where Mm -hmm. I think you were more likely to find, you know, Black Roses and uh, John Fasano's whole oeuvre at your your, uh, gas and video than you were, or your tan and video than you were at a Blockbuster because it's got, you know, cover like it like it has right? yeah yeah you're, you're i think you i think you are really onto something there for sure because the, and there was like nobody monitoring that stuff you know what i mean like right. those those stores that literally check stuff out on index cards i think are the stores that we're talking about you know what I mean? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like your 100%. membership was on it yeah your membership was on an index card and they just wrote down what you what you had yeah and yeah there was there was no like oh yeah i'm not gonna let this kid get you know the the what is it return to boggy creek you know what i mean I'm oh sure. yeah I, I, mean, I, I mean i remember yeah, when i was about know, there um, was never that it was just like yeah sure whatever well because like when i was just, when i was about 13 like the local video shack in uh because where i was living at the time in like suburban you know chicago um at my local like mom and pop video shack i think i checked out a copy of the toxic avenger on vhs when i was 13 oh yeah <laughs> and the dude who ran the place he chuckled because he knew exactly what the fuck this was and he let me rent it anyway yeah and yeah, yeah there's almost some there, there's almost a seedy element of uh, local video shacks that i kind of miss as an adult yeah like a, like a rite of passage you know what i mean yeah. like everybody kind of knows what it goes on i mean yeah it's, it's a it, you're right i mean i'm don't get me wrong. I'm totally glad my kids aren't going to grow up doing the same <laughs> right. things that I did. But at the same time, yeah, it's 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 pretty cool. Well, and at this point, I feel like a lot of movies that back in the day would have gone on to, um, you know, sort of straight to video right now are like straight to VOD. And I'm wondering, like, is are, are things more accessible for kids just kind of like searching around on Netflix and Hulu? And YouTube, man. Mm, like, yeah. I hate to say, like, them kids, but uh, I'll tell you, it is very easy to start watching. So, like, my son is obsessed with uh, What Does the Fox Say? It's a it's a little ditty. I don't know if you've heard it before. Oh, yeah. Um, it's just this, this viral video thing. You know, the kids are into it. So, like, <laughs> two or three related videos, it starts getting into real nasty furry stuff. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, and like it won't, it, it'll just autoplay. So it's like I have to make sure I'm paying attention to what he's watching, or it just gets yeah. into wild stuff. And yeah, like yeah. Five Nights at Freddy's, like gonna, regular oh, Five Nights at Freddy's, is petrifying. Yeah, yeah, that's what that was the next thing. I was, I got a seven year old, and he's like, there was a like his school sent home a letter last year about Five Nights at Freddy's. You know what I mean? Like it was going around, and so he was like super into it. Oh wow! And you know he would watch like. Uh, you know, on, on, on YouTube, like, uh, Minecraft walkthroughs of five, five, like, uh, I, I don't, I don't know about this stuff, guys. I'm sorry. I'm an old man, but like, you know, he would like beg to watch his Minecraft walkthroughs of, uh, pseudo five nights at Freddy's things. And you're right. Just two or three videos later, recommendations were like stuff that I would never let him watch, you know? Right. And, uh, but yeah, five nights at Freddy's is pretty terrifying and it's, it's one or two steps away from what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Real talk, my wife banned me from playing it because I would sit with my tablet with my headphones on on the couch next to her, and it's a jump. It's it's basically Pac Man, but 
uh, first person instead right. of right. So, so like you go around the corner and like oh there's a killer Chuck E. Cheese, which is also weird because I don't think a lot of Chuck E. Cheeses exist anymore. So like this is completely abstract to a lot of six and seven oh yeah they probably have the key demo they probably have like no frame of reference for what the fuck this is actually all about with the animatronics right because because anyone who's seen a rock of fire explosion actually knows why it's terrifying right (laughs) well we've we've still got a chuck e cheese here and you know there's it's it's uh, a birthday spot for for quite a few parties that we've gone to but uh, but I had like showbiz pizza too. I don't know if you guys have heard of showbiz. Oh, yeah, 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 we had a showbiz. Well yeah, yeah, and it, it, that's that's even more terrifying. And I think my uh, I have a buddy Tug who had taken video from like a local fair where they had basically taken those showbiz robots and like repurposed them for like a you know uh, a, a fair show at like a uh, a county fair or like a like a state fair. Oh, and they were horrifying because they didn't do anything. But they they like, spray painted them. Because essentially oh, wow. what they did. Oh man, that was terrifying too. <laughs> Have but. you seen the Rock of Fire Explosion documentary? No, I know I know so, it's out there, but I but yeah, I, yeah yeah. So it's called the Rock of Fire Explosion, uh, right. directed by Brett Whitcomb. Um, it, I think it's on YouTube. I think you can find the whole thing. I don't know if legitimately, but it's definitely worth a watch because people collect these still and like they refurbish them. Yeah, and like you can set the music to anything you want, like the fair. So like. You can play "Found You Miss New Booty" with oh, the gorilla wow. from Rock Fire Explosion, and it, you know, totally Very works. Because so, on that note, let's talk about <laughs> as we I'm all just do sort a of smooth transition. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, here's no, a, here's I'm, a good I'm segue. So much. I'm taking Speaking notes, of guys. endearing mm-hmm. puppets, let's talk about Rock and Roll Nightmare. Oh, oh my, my god. god! So, like, Rock and Roll Nightmare is a movie that um, years and years ago I uh, picked up a copy of it at my local Suncoast uh, at the mall. Um, and I had no idea who the fuck John Michael Thor was. Mickle? Is it John Michael or John Mickle? I think it's John Michael. Because it's spelled M-I-K-L, which is definitely yeah. how anybody has ever spelled Michael. Um, and back in the day, of course, like I saw the cover of it and was like, oh, rock and roll nightmare. I like all of those things. And then watched it and was just really, really confused the entire time. And then years later, somebody brought it up and I was like, oh my God, no, I've seen that. And then we, we re-watched it and realized like, this might be one of the worst movies ever made. Yeah. It's not good. <laughs> it's not. It is. It is it, well, you know, I was confused because I went in cold. You know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. I knew that, uh, uh, the, uh, you know, uh, what's the director? Uh, Fess, uh, John Fasano. John Fasano, right. He did Black Roses and, uh, and uh, uh, what's the Tooth Fairy movie? Darkness uh, Falls? Darkness, Darkness Falls. Falls. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That is another, that is a movie <laughs> as well. Yeah, that's a, that's a stay tuned for Rankin Vile. We're definitely doing I think, that I think the Tooth Fairy explodes in Darkness Falls and just teeth shower down. Oh, man. It's one unit of movie. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, like, uh, so so I knew the name and, and I and I'd seen it, right? But I'd never watched it. Right. And uh, so I went in cold. And then I'm, I'm so I'm watching it on Amazon essentially, and like it pops up with the, the, the ed, you know the edge of hell, and I'm like, man, am I watching the right movie? You know, because it starts <laughs> off. Uh, but yeah, I guess that's the original name of it. Uh, mm-hmm. But but the copy that they had on, I mean, is that is that the way you guys watched it? Does that is that the oh, yeah. title screen too? Yeah, 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 it's it's titled Edge of Hell. <laughs> yeah, and at no point does it call itself Rock and Roll Nightmare in the in like 
a title screen or anything. Which so. I feel like I feel like that was the result of them trying to brand this for distribution, and they were like, yeah. "So we yeah. gotta call this." No, we're not calling it fucking Edge of Hell or whatever. Like, right? I'm, I'm sure they're like, "All right, what does this movie have?" Um, evil puppets. It has John Michael right. Thor. It has Rockin'. Okay, Rock and Roll Nightmare. Fuck it. Put it out. <laughs> do we like? I mean, I don't. I don't. No, guys, do we do spoilers? Like, I don't want to jump too far ahead to talk about the... Look, the... this movie is unspoilable <laughs> because there's no plot to it. Like, it's yeah, really... Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny, It's though. just it's funny... sex scenes, weird it... puppets, <laughs> and heavy metal. It's funny that you say that, which makes that movie sound amazing when you when you describe it like that. But... Right. Right? <laughs> but... but it's not. Like, how is it that it's not as good as it's... This, you know, the sum is less the than promise. the bar. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, is like... Edge of Hell is a better name for this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it does a better job of describing what this movie is, um, especially when you get that, you know, that twist. Oh uh, yeah, that actually. You, you mean Bub? I mean, I mean, uh, yeah. Oh, I can't remember what his name Wolverine. is. Wolverine. Yeah, it's great. Well, and also John Michael Thor is basically the kid at the end of Saint Elsewhere. Where he's yes. just—he's been imagining all of this the entire time. Yeah, it turns into like a re, a weird like metafictional. It's all characters yeah. that I've pulled I, I from the collective consciousness. <laughs> yeah, I don't quite—I don't quite get what he means there. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah, you recognize this guy? He was the guy from what's the movie? He he gives—is is it? Uh, I mean, he he makes like a like a vague allusion to a, to a movie. It's like Friday the Thirteenth, but yeah, like. Yeah. Similar but legally distinct. Oh no! From. Yeah, it's like, he was, we don't he have was the like mm. to say that. Yeah, that's right. Because yeah, he talks about the mask, uh, the yeah. hockey mask, or whatever. He was basically yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Mm, these are all stock slasher archetypes I've imagined. But now here's the thing, though. So if he made up his entire band and all of their girlfriends, did he just like make out with a figment of his own imagination? For... Right. That's what... <laughs> so okay. So let, let, let's do a deep dive here, guys, uh-huh. into what 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 is really going on. <laughs> right. So so. If he's an angel that's come down to fight the devil, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like you do. Th- right. Yeah, like you do. Like you do. Like, why doesn't he just fight the devil? Like, what? It, what, what I don't quite yeah. understand what he's pu- what it, what he's pulling out yeah, in like, this movie. Why is so he, I why think is he he's a ghostbuster. Around, like, writing Def Leppard fan fiction. Right, right. Why doesn't he, 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 yeah, just, like, fucking square up with Satan? And it's great because when he reveals that, actually, I'm the Archangel Michael, um, which, by the way, side note... John Michael Thor. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. the Archangel John Michael <laughs> Thor. Uh, and then he, you know, squares up with uh, Old Scratch, who he takes pains to call Old Scratch. Old Scratch. Just to, like, let and him know Bub, that, hey, Or should <laughs> I call you a Beelzebub? <laughs> <laughs> this it's, oh. it, and it's so great because like although none of that can equal this one moment in the movie where he's sitting at a desk like working on serious John Michael Thor stuff and he's getting stalked by a puppet and he moves his head slightly to pick something up off the ground and this little puppet just goes Whoa! and like flies yeah. overhead <laughs> it was clearly just like thrown by a PA off it's it's god this movie and the weird little like snake armed man and like well all of the puppets the the starro like frisbees mm-hmm. that he right. rips in half oh yeah and he like has trouble with it 
Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. Like he, he kind of struggles with that with the uh, with the Starro puppet or the Starro uh, clay, whatever it is. Yeah, uh, it's it's really strange. He's like really locking ah. horns with it, and then also you've got the drummer who has pi- I I think honestly, bar none, the worst fake English accent I have ever heard. Uh, yeah, well, have you is, watched is it... I Am Thor yet? Because <laughs> no, spoiler no, alert, yet. I have one word for you. Oh my god, fuck me. Does Thor do a British accent? I told you, he oh, has an alter, sorry. he has an Austin Power style alter ego. Oh shit, called... that's right. Oh no, I forgot his name now. Uh, it's Freddy. Like... Freddy Flex. Freddy Flex. That's Freddy Flex. Oh my god. So, is <laughs> so the, he gets is on and he John does like his fake British yeah. accent. In okay. the middle of his act, is like, "Hey, uh, Thor had to go pee, but I'm Freddie Flex, baby." Oh my God, this is. And I realize I just did a Brooklyn accent, but that's actually an <laughs> no. It's great because his British accent. No, it's great because now I'm just picturing Andrew Dice Clay squaring up with Satan. It's be like, "Hey, Georgie Porgy, Georgie Porgy, dicks and cocks." Oh, and then like yelling at the devil. So. Okay, so here's my theory of what the the synopsis of the movie is. Mm-hmm. The first scene, we get that family, and like they open the oven, and there's a demon in the oven, and the whole family gets eaten, and then yeah. there's that kid who later shows up in the old age makeup. Yeah, yeah. So right. like the house is Sylvester Stallone Jr. That kid dresses just like Rocky. Yeah. Like the whole, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's good. Yeah. So John Michael Thor plays a character called the Intercessor. Right. Uh, I know this because in 2005 they made a sequel called Intercessor Another Rock and Roll Nightmare. Oh, man. Direct to video. <sighs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> so, so, so the Intercessor has to lure Bub out because he won't just like come directly. So that's where he, he sits down at that weird school desk. And drinks his Coca-Cola, but turns the can in that unnatural way so oh, the camera face, shows the brand. You need to face it out. It's important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so that's why he doesn't just straight fight the demon. is Because sure. he's got to lure the, the haunted demons out. And, and I sort of get, I get that. Because he kind of <laughs> he kinda even talks about that. But but does 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 Michael, the, the archangel, the intercessor, does he... Does he put himself into some sort of trance, like to to kind of go through all this, and is and is it sort of brought out? Because like he's he's hard into this role, man. He's mm-hmm. he's method all the way. If he's playing this, uh, if he's playing this character, this John uh, John Triton guy. Oh yeah. Because so, because like like at some point, the intercessor has to put handcuffs on the rearview mirror of a van. <laughs> and it's like, where where does that come into the play? Because like. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand how. Like, he's really committed to this thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, he's fucking all in on it. Yeah, he is. So, so do I, you I think I the it. reason that all these monsters look like penises is because it's actually just a long? Uh, you know, you know how like if you take a shower, sometimes like you space out and you're like, oh man, I, I I'm running late for work. You know, I took it. So, do you think like that that grotesquely long shower sex scene is is him like? meditating to like bring this fiction out and that's why all of those monsters have like single eyes and are all like really wet and goopy oh man or do you think it's a little too freudian so you're saying this is a psychosexual nightmare and not a rock and roll nightmare (laughs) right right exactly 
I don't know if I'm prepared to deal with John Michael Thor's subconscious. Um, yeah. I, upon, see, as soon as the reveal is made that he's actually the Archangel uh, John Michael Thor, and actually he's um, fighting Satan, I assumed that the uncomfortably, like, the room-esque uh, sex scene that takes place in the shower was pretty much just the Archangel Michael having a wank un- uncomfortably yeah, yeah. for, like, yeah. five minutes on screen, and that's pretty much it. Like, okay. but, once but, the reveal okay, but, happens, but why do nothing we, makes why sense. Why do we... Yeah, well, that's it. That's that's exactly right. Like, there's no logic to it at all, which is, you know, not unexpected. But, but I mean, like, why do we even see the other characters having sex? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. story-wise. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why, does, <laughs> why does the Archangel Michael have to make these fictional characters have sex? It's like he's just playing house <laughs> so wait, for, I'm, like, I, 24 so hours. Case, so I'm wondering if this is just, like, a big game of The Sims for John for the Archangel John Michael Thor, and he's just like, what? whatever, I'm just going to set them in motion, they're going to do whatever yeah. it is they do. So what what draws the demon? What draws Bub out? You know what I mean? Because right. you know at the beginning of the movie, like cooking could be the thing that draws him out. You know what I mean? Like because the mom's she's not. I mean there's 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 no like hanky panky going on there. There's no right. like rock and roll. There's none of the things that we're led to believe are like catalysts for this thing coming to life or, or you know or taking you know uh, like a, like a form. Right. So I don't I don't I don't, I don't get it. I mean again. I think I'm probably thinking about it too much, but yeah. Oh, I mean, it's almost, it's almost like Phantasm 2, how at the beginning of the thing, it's like, hey, all of that other bullshit, uh, it was a dream. Actually, none of that happened. Yeah, yeah. And we're just going to start from, from Jump Street, like, none of that happened. And then it's like, at the end of Rock and Roll Nightmare, it's like, well, that does invalidate every single thing we've been watching for the last, I hate to say it, hour and a half. Um, <laughs> oh my god, this movie was an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Um, this is what we're doing with our lives. So... Uh, where now the question that I have is Rock and Roll Nightmare. Is this actually a horror movie? Like, has could any all right? Could the most nervous, delicate child in the world actually be afraid of this movie? I would argue yes, huh, because yeah. a demon rips out of the drummer's chest. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. And there's some there's some relatively scary. I mean that that first opening scene where he opens up the stove and and that whatever that thing is that pops out of the stove is pretty pretty terrifying. That's true. Um, yeah, I, I think I think a kid will be scared. <laughs> also, let's just talk about how this movie has the most sex and nudity in it ever. Oh so my just god! Don't let children watch this. No, for for, for God's. <laughs> Even even if they're like, oh boy, puppets! Like, no, it's mostly titties. Like, please don't. Yeah, yeah don't, please don't. No, don't kids, kids, no. So, <laughs> I was dogging on this movie pretty hard, and then I watched I Am Thor, the documentary mm. on John Michael Thor, and now I have a new appreciation for this movie. See, I'm I'm queuing that up on Netflix like as we speak. So I here's the question: okay, We're yeah, not we're not worried about spoiling Rock and Roll Nightmare. Are you worried about me spoiling I Am Thor? Yes, actually, I wanna oh. I want to experience this in earnest and just like respond to John Michael Thor in real time. So let's just say I believe because John Michael Thor wrote this entire movie that the end is actually him playing himself, and it's all his own fantasy of a uh, life lost. Holy so, shit. like, when hmm. the band is all having sex, and the reason why we see the band having sex is because that's what it would have been like if his band had made it. And, like, you know, 
his feats of strength are actually something to do with himself. And, like, when he wrestles with Beelzebub, that's like him wrestling with his own demons. Oh, God. Oh, You see, Ryan, it's a metaphor. (laughs) Buddy, this is is gonna fuck me up. Uh, Yeah, you gotta watch that movie. Everyone, I Am Thor is on Netflix. Do not watch Rock and Roll Nightmare, but watch I Am Thor. The man blows up hot water bottles like balloons until they pop. He is that wow. strong. <laughs> Jesus. See, this He also, also bends iron bars with his mouth. See, this oh, makes wow. me think of, um, I don't know if you guys remember back in the day, there was a Christian group that would go from school to school, uh, like ripping yeah. phone books in half and kind of doing strong guy stuff, but for Jesus. Do you remember this? You know... Strong guy Jesus group. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally know what you're talking about. Like, they would come in and, like, they'd, like, break handcuffs and, like, all kinds yeah. of stuff. Yeah, I totally yeah, remember these dudes. And, I can't remember what like, called, but yeah. And apparently, like, the main guy behind the Super Jesus-y strong guy group, like, turned out to be, like, embezzling money, and then they shut it down, and it's very sad. <laughs> yeah, um, there's a documentary on that, I think. Is it called Power Team, or is yeah, that just the name? Yeah, it was oh, a yeah, Power, it. That's, power that, Team. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's See, now I've got <laughs> oh, too many goddamn documentaries. So... I would all right. So um, right out of the gate, so this movie ain't good. So oh, it's no. not going high on this list right now. I'll tell you. <laughs> uh, I there's no way this is better than I will say hard and fast Motel Hell. Dang, that's higher than I expected. <laughs> so let me scroll up because I was like down in the 150s. Well, let's start with <laughs> first of all, the Bye Bye Man is better. Okay, then we actually can scroll way down. <laughs> So I was thinking other movies with charming puppets because, by golly, the puppets are just adorable. Oh, I love them. Yeah, yeah, they're they're pretty great. Yeah. So other charming puppets are, I guess, <laughs> Bud the Chud. Faces, with, faces with of Gap Gale. has some cute puppets. <laughs> Face <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so so what's better, the special effects in? Rock and Roll Nightmare, or the special effects in that Michael Jackson movie, Ghosts? Oh, I gotta go with Ghosts. Yeah, actually, you're right. Rick Baker did those. Oh, man. Yeah. So I'd have to go with that. But here's the thing. I do think Rock and Roll Nightmare is better than I, Frankenstein. Yeah, you're right about that. Like... It, I, while watching it, I was, like, half amused and occasionally annoyed with, like, oh, for God's sake, would you put the titties away? Um, and I, I, at no point did I out loud, as as during I, Frankenstein, just out loud go, I hate this. I hate that I'm watching this. So, so I actually didn't say I hate this either, so it's automatically better than The Transfiguration. Oh, yeah. Um, so, it's probably also better Chad. than Densetsu Kaiki Frankenstein. Yeah. No, that's what I want Chad to weigh in on. Is the Marvel anime uh, monster of Frankenstein better or worse than this rock and roll nightmare? Oh man, I, I oh man, I really like that Marvel. Uh, well, I, I, what I've seen of it. I mean, it, at least it looks cool, you know. Yeah, oh, yeah, it looks uh, really good. I mean, yeah. it's no Tomb of Dracula. That one is like perfect cinema, but yeah, because <laughs> Dracula eats a Look. hamburger. The the Frankenstein movie does not have the line Toronto's what's happening, man. Music, <laughs> film industry, the arts. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I uh, oh god! What a what a fucking delight of a movie this is! Oh I think god. by proxy, I think that gives Frankenstein the edge here. So did they get kickbacks from the Toronto Tourism Board? Do you think? Well, he's Canadian, right? Like oh yeah. Uh, 
John Michael Thor is Canadian, yeah. So I figured, yeah, I guess so. And that was the other thing. Like, I was trying to figure out if they did get, like, uh, endorsement. I mean, I guess Coke's in there, right? Sure. I, I wonder if that was... My, my wife's favorite part of this movie. My wife, God, she's a saint. She watched it with me last night. Like, oh, my wow. wife, her favorite part is the part where the rock and roll guy's in the kitchen going, Coke, 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 I need my Coke. <laughs> and he literally pulls out a can of Coke from the refrigerator. <laughs> I also like that he pulls out another can of Coke and doesn't touch the monster in the refrigerator because he, he looks at the ceiling while reaching blindly into the fridge. Who do you know who has ever opened a refrigerator like that? Never. No one. Here's another frustrating thing about, uh, Thor. The band Thor is actually pretty good metal. Mm -hmm. And for the, quantity of songs that John Michael Thor has written, there's like one in this movie that they use oh, wow. over and over again. Yeah. Well, I mean, it reminded me... Did you do me... all the music for the movie? I think... I don't know off the top of my head, but I would not be surprised if he did. Now I have to like go back to the, the credits page and see who did the music. See, yeah. like, the, the metal in this, it, it immediately made me think of... Um, I don't think we've done the movie Trick or Treat uh, on, no, this, we have not. on this list yet. Um, of course, which features like Skippy from Family Ties and Gene Simmons and a cam- like a cameo from Ozzy Osbourne. Um, I feel like heavy metal horror as a genre. I feel like I've watched a lot of movies that were billed as like a heavy metal horror movie, and I feel like the band Thor. They kind of sound like Saxon or like oh, yeah. Anvil or like one of those late seventies, early eighties yeah. bands that you know were were. It was kind of like it was before thrash really became a thing. And they were still kind of... It was like a really aggressive version of, like, Deep Purple, basically. Yeah, and, so, like, a, a more aggressive Deep Purple, but a softer Man of War. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was like... Yeah. yeah it was like Man of War oh, prior all to... all the music is also done by John Michael Thor. That's okay. what I thought. Like, even the even the music that's not supposed to be by Triton, right? Like, there's, like, this weird right. sort of Kenny Loggins-esque song <laughs> that he puts on at the beginning. I was like, man, is that Danger Zone? Like, what are they doing? Are they, like, working some Danger Zone into this? God, I hope so. And I was so. like, yeah, at the at the end, you're kind of like, yeah, I think he made all these songs, which is pretty cool that he can, you know, that he, yeah. That yeah, he's a, he tri- he's a fucking... He tricked me. He got me. Yep, Renaissance man, John Michael Thorne. Yeah. Um, Yo, uh, Felicia Fasano is the true MVP. She is not only married to the director, but she is the makeup artist. <laughs> so oh. all of those girls' <laughs> teased hair is her oh, job. Man. Oh, man. Yeah. So really, this was a labor of love, is what is what this movie was. Clearly, and honestly, and God bless it. Honestly, I would rather watch Rock and Roll Nightmare than any one of the Sharknados or any other like bad on purpose movie. Yeah, okay, agreed, okay. So agreed. then, if you're saying that Two Headed Shark Attack is number one twenty three, are you putting oh, it that I'm, high? I'm definitely that's above putting... the Bye Bye Man. I well, that's mm, that's tough. Because I, wow. See, I'm I'm fucked because I think it's better than Two Headed Shark Attack. Not as good as the Bye Bye Man. However, if I'm being honest, it is better than the Bye Bye Man. Um, yeah, yeah. And the color out of space is under the Bye Bye Man, and that movie's not good. Now let's not shit ourselves. When I'm ranking the Bye Bye Man, what I'm really ranking is how much I love saying the phrase "the Bye Bye Man." The Bye Bye Man. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what that is. It actually that's has nothing weird. to do with the quality of that movie. It has everything to do with how much I love saying the Bye Bye Man. Okay, so who would you? One of them's got to go. Uh, mm-hmm. The special effects 
makeup from the island of Dr. Moreau or Rock and Roll Nightmare? I gotta put Dr. Moreau over uh, Rock and Roll Nightmare, but I would put uh, Rock and Roll Nightmare above Karate Kill. Yeah, yeah. So I think then that's like right in the the two headed shark attack neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. But you know what two headed shark attack has uh, that rock and roll nightmare doesn't have? Is it the dead eyes of Brooke Hogan? <laughs> the dead eyes of Brooke Hogan, <laughs> <Yes>. staring lifelessly <laughs> through your soul. It's the greatest thing. It's the greatest thing I've ever seen. I think about. No, yeah. yeah. No is is that a, is that a is that a sci fi original or is that a uh, or what is what is two headed shark attack? It is a sci-fi. It is a. It is from the makers of Sharknado, and it's okay. about a shark with two heads. Yeah, he attacks. Oh, it's exactly what it says on the can. <laughs> He's not protect, but he definitely attacks. He, he certainly attacks. So coming okay, in at so number one twenty-five is rock and roll night. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, based on this list, that's a pretty good placement. Oh, I think that's so, not too. bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty good. Yep. So the next one we have up on the list that I am pretty stoked to talk about is uh, the first Evil Dead movie. Not Evil Dead 2, which we have done on this podcast, but the first ever Evil Dead. And not Army of Darkness, which we've already done. Yeah. So, I... Chad, tell me, tell us more about writing uh, Ash versus the Army of Darkness. Uh, you know, I'm not sure what Chris covered when he was on here, um, but, you know, it's kind of a dream come true for both of us. Both of us are pretty big fans of certainly, you know, Army of Darkness and, uh, you know, Bruce Campbell. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think I talked about this on his his uh, Xena podcast, but I was a big fan of Bruce Campbell from, like, other stuff and then kind of came to him uh, from, like, you know, you guys know, you guys have seen Dark Man, right? Like the, the oh you know, god, yeah. He's, he's got that cameo kind of at the end of Dark Man, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I, I watched Army Darkness and was kind of a Sam Raimi fan from from those kind of those both those movies and kind of worked backwards on the Evil Dead stuff from there. Uh, but but you know, Army Darkness is great. Uh, writing the book is 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 fantastic. They've been really cool. They let us do exactly what we want to do. Um, I think we're like the first. Uh, Army of Darkness book to kind of pick up right after the movie, mm-hmm. uh, which was a big get for us because I felt like we kind of were like reinventing the the book a little bit, which had been around really since the beginning of Dynamite's publishing uh, arm. So, yeah, I, I think it's been it's been great. I mean, I can't say enough about it. I'm sure Chris probably is 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 has covered so much about it. I don't want to kind of like you know step on his toes, but yeah, it's it's been a fantastic experience, and we're actually I think you guys know we're doing a sequel. Well, not a sequel to it, but we're doing a. Uh, we're 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 dipping our toes back into the Army of Darkness world by doing this Kiss uh, versus Army of Darkness book oh, that fuck just yeah. announced last week. Yeah, yeah. So that's oh, gonna that's going to be so good. Which I mean, I still have a copy of Kiss Meets Archie. So uh-huh. I'm, and and this is actually the thing that which is a great book. That's a great book too. Oh yeah, and I realized about Kiss especially because like so, uh, my partner Christina, she's like a reasonable human being who doesn't really like the band Kiss. Uh, because uh-huh. she had never really listened to Kiss. <laughs> and then uh, I, I um, a couple of days ago, like, we're cleaning the house, and I'm like, is it okay if I put on a song that Kiss wrote about having a boner? And she was like, what's the name of the song? And I'm like, Love Gun? And she couldn't stop laughing. And then was like, yes, <laughs> let's listen to it, Love Gun. Yeah. So all week I've been texting her out-of-context lyrics from the song Love Gun, and I don't know why, but it's the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. And, like, with Kiss, they're one of those pop culture entities that you can just kind of graft onto anything, and you're like, yeah, right, right. this is fine. Yeah, everything works. That's the beauty of it. Uh, you know, there's, they, they, they're perfect for, for anything. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could have gone with a lot of different songs, by the way, uh, with that boner. 
Oh, sure. Thing. I mean, like, most yeah. of their songs are about having a boner. Although I feel yeah, like... exactly. And, and I feel like, especially for, like... Uh, so, with Kiss meets um, Army of Darkness, I, I feel like Paul like Paul Stanley, I think, is the universal donor in that it's, like... When I think of um, cartoony rock guys, it's, like, uh-huh. David Lee Roth and Paul Stanley. Just Paul Stanley? <laughs> yeah, the two most ridiculous hams I can possibly imagine. That's pretty good. That's yeah. pretty good. And then you pair okay, up with Campbell. Shoot straight with me. Um, your Army of Darkness run, uh, uh, Ash teaches at a high school, yep. and then they announce the new season of the Army of Darkness TV show, and oh. where does Ash get a job oh, teaching? Geez. I know, I know. Okay, so, so I, we had no idea that was going to be, because I think when we first got the gig, maybe season two had just started, um, of, of the show, because I, I had just basically, you know, binge season one before we got the offer um, from from Dynamite. Mm-hmm. I had actually been pitching Dynamite stuff for at least, to, or at least trying to pitch Dynamite stuff for, for a while. I wanted to do Vampirella at Dynamite. So they knew that I was sort of interested in, like, you know, get, getting my feet in the door or getting my foot in the door on something kind of horror-related. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they came to us, they were like, hey, you know, we, we want to kind of do this Army of Darkness book. You know, we're thinking about doing it as kind of an ongoing, but it might be a miniseries. We don't quite know. What do you guys want to do? And so Chris and I kind of sat down and brainstormed and got on a phone call with, uh, you know, Kevin Kettner and Anthony Marquis over there and, and just kind of like started pitching ideas. And one of the ideas that they brought out, they're like, I mean, it would be great to see, you know, Ash out of his element. And we kind of like we're like, where would he where would he be out of his element? You know, right. And we thought about like, well, like put him around kids. Uh, oh, you know, that, that's, that, that's weird. And Anthony and, uh, and Kevin both said, yeah, you can put him in a school. And we kind of like built off that and brainstormed on that and kind of took that and ran with it without any idea that that was going to be the case for the show. And it's, it's just one of those weird synchronicity things, I guess, that just kind of like lines up. But yeah, I, you know, I guess, I guess the show would have had to have known that was the direction it was going to go in season three at that point. But yeah, we right. had no idea. Well, and also, I mean, I mean, that's a brilliant workaround for like, how do we get him to be a fish out of water? And it's, you know, because mm-hmm. it's like, well, you know, he's comfortable around like, you know, fully grown adults and zombies and princesses and rough dudes and what. And then it's like, uh, yeah, so put him in charge of some kids. And yeah, it's put like him somewhere where he can't be himself. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. All of his all of his standbys, like, okay, I can't flirt. I can't kill anything with a chainsaw. I right. can't be a dick. Like, I right. have to actually be well, nurturing and helpful. Yeah, when we came came up with the idea that like if, if these kids get turned into deadites, he's not going to be able to kill them. Right. Like that's you know he it's about saving them as opposed to just like you know getting rid of them. Right. So uh, so that was kind of fun trying to figure out how that works and and then playing with those ideas a little bit. And I think it worked out well. I mean, I'm very happy with the series number five. What just came out like a week ago or something. Yeah. And uh, you know it 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 turned out real well. I thought oh, the right ending on. turned out real well. Um, I, I hope I hope that we get to do a, a sequel to it. Uh, that would be great because we, you know, one of the, you know, one of the things that like like I'm a big plot guy and a big high concept guy, and I kind of like to play with that stuff a little more probably than Chris does. Chris is very much like a dialogue guy. He wants to play with character. He wants to, you know, you know, make people laugh. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of where we work well together. I think we find a nice balance in both those things, and and I think um, or all those things. And I feel like, you know. One of my big pitch for the book was like, uh, the, you know, the Rockford Files meets BPRD. You know what I mean? Like right. this, this sort of every man who gets pulled into this uh, gets pulled into this, you know, this, this organization that kind of is already doing what he does, but better. Right. And uh, but 
but they've kind of lost their way and they need that, that, you know, that every man to sort of like guide them again. Um, and I thought that would be like a good springboard for Ash to kind of go on adventures that he's never had before and, and see a bunch of people who are sort of inspired by him, but kind of do it better than he does now. And that's kind of where the idea, if you guys read the book where smart came from, uh, and then, you know, we kind of really couldn't get away from that idea of putting him in a school. We were like, man, it'd be really cool to just see him like in, a, in you know, this fish out of water story of this guy we all know so well. So right. we kind of folded those two things in on each other. And I think it worked out really nicely. Excellent. Yeah, smart is so good. So yeah, Chad, thanks. you mentioned starting with the franchise with army of darkness and working your way backwards. I yeah. feel like, uh, that's the way to do it. Yeah. Uh, that's, so. that's how I got into, really horror because I caught Army of Darkness on the Sci-Fi channel some Sunday oh, wow. afternoon. Yeah. And then, you know, some uh, one year for my birthday, uh, a friend gave me Evil Dead 2 on tape because uh, I had dubbed Army of Darkness and just made everyone watch that at every sleepover. <laughs> and then <laughs> it was only until I got to college that I saw the first one. And uh, that's a pretty big jump uh, if you start with Army of Darkness and they just get creepier and and more upsetting as you go back to the original. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, I don't know that I would have been as big a fan if I had started with that. I'll be honest. You know, um, I, I mean, I, I love I love it. Uh, I, you know, and this is kind of jumping ahead maybe a little bit, but I think of all three, Evil Dead, the first one is probably my least favorite. Yeah, um, I think that's how I feel too. <laughs> yeah, I, I I like I like Evil Dead Two a lot because Evil Dead Two does Evil Dead better, you know. Yeah. Um, and and just kind of keeps moving forward. But I mean, you know, they are kind of a trilogy, but at the same time, they're they're like one of the weirdest trilogies out there for sure. Um, well, and and, and I, I, I like I do like this I do like the seams in evil dead. You know what I mean? I like, yeah. I like seeing all the pieces and, and, and how that, how it works and knowing what we know about the franchise now and, and seeing, seeing them figure it out. That's probably the best part about that movie now when I watch it. Yeah. And the, the effects are just really charming because they they're so, um, tactile. So hashtag handmade. DIY. Really yeah. Yeah. yeah it, exactly. It's such a, like, especially the end when the dead eyes just melt and it's oh, like yeah. that claymation, mind fuck yeah well it's funny you know comparing it to rock and roll nightmare which i think i read it like in reading about rock and roll nightmare it had like a fifty thousand dollar budget or something like that and i'm sure you know i'm not sure what evil dead's budget is but it's it can't be too much more than that i don't do you guys know what the budget is on it i oh, don't really know right out i of think the like page, ha- half a sandwich and a coupon for jc penny yeah yeah i mean that's the same you know and you you put those two things together and both guys are you know visionaries in their own way i guess but like it's just so different you know what i mean very very different experience in those movies yeah because you know evil dead's still pretty true it's still pretty true to its core uh even when it gets gets weird and and schlocky in places you know yeah well and, and i think we've talked about this on the podcast before like i for example i really really like the first evil dead and kind mm-hmm. of more than evil dead too and especially because again it's like uh, Evil Dead 1, I think it's got more vulnerability from Sam Raimi. Like, this was a, mm-hmm. maybe a little more honest about himself than he cared to be. And then after he made this one, he was like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm not doing that shit again. And then he made Evil Dead yeah. 2, and it was kind of, you know, less... Kind of like, I gotta cover up with the jokes. Like, don't 
look too yes. deep in. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. Like, I, there's something really, really raw about the first Evil Dead that I'm really into that I feel like, he, yeah, he works to obscure in, in the other two installments. Yeah. Yeah, it does so, feel a little like a, a deflection in, in the second one. So, I think that there's, there's definitely more deflection in the second one, and I, I see what you're saying, Ryan, but at the end of the day, Evil Dead 1 has a garden hose or a fire hose worth of <laughs> fake blood being sprayed in it yes that's true that's a good so point. i feel like it can't go above number 14 evil dead 2 for that reason amongst many yeah i feel that i and, and i think laugh, evil dead 1 doesn't have a laughing deer head in it it doesn't yeah. but i feel like evil dead 1 i think the thing it does have that i really really love is a, a bit more hashtag misandry than the other movies because mostly you've got a demon lady just going, save me, Ash. <laughs> and, like, mocking that him. That is true. And it's, yeah, it, it's, yeah. it fucking rules. Wait, hold on. Hey! Take it off. Quit. Sorry. Um, but, yeah, so I think there's... It's a little more mean-spirited and a little rougher in places. But yeah. But that... You know, I, but here's the thing, though. I think Evil Dead 2 is probably a better movie. So, is Evil Dead 1 go, like, right above or below? Because, like, right below Evil Dead 2 is Scream and Nightmare on Elm Street and Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Mm. I'm I'm genuinely surprised you guys had not watched this before. Um, Seeing what's on here. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, yeah. Well, to be fair, it's kind of a, well, we watched it already. We watched Evil Dead 2. That was at least Mm -hmm. my thought process. (laughs) We don't need to end. I think it was tough because it's like one of those movies that you've seen 8 million times and you're sort of like, you know, because when you're planning a podcast, you're like, all right, let's talk about some some really wild shit like, you know, Three Extremes and Phantom of the Paradise. And and then you get around to a thing that you've, you know, basically memorized, like the first Evil Dead. And you're like, ah, how the fuck do we rank this? Right. You know, I I think it's a sign of me getting old, but the tree scene no longer is enjoyable for no, me. No, it's rough, man. It's hard to watch. It's it's really hard to watch. Yeah. And I think when you're younger, you're able to sort of see that and kind of go, "Oh, gnarly." And then as maybe just, you know, you as as you grow up and you've seen a few more things, you're sort of like, "Oh, can we not, please?" Yeah, it, yeah. it that that part in particular doesn't has not, has not aged well. Um. Yeah, I, you know I don't know. I mean, I think you're in the ballpark there, right? If if I'm allowed to talk about your list, oh, uh, absolutely. I, I, think, I, I think you're in the ballpark there, in that like, in those mid-teens or like low teens. Um, yeah. Now, so, I, yeah. I do think it's better than Prevenge. I don't know that it's better than Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. I so, put it above so Pet Street, Cemetery yeah. is where I'm looking, but oh, I boy. I can't genuinely answer above or below like it's very difficult mm-hmm. now okay let's, let's i think it's i think it's scarier than yep. pet cemetery absolutely but but you know pet cemetery is really well made um yeah and also pet cemetery i think it's that pet cemetery i hear that name and i get this little like flash of childhood horror because of how uh-huh. much that movie fucking terrified me as a kid yeah, yeah. So, so this is what I said last week when we when it edged out. Pet Cemetery has Fred Gwynn in it. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Fucking the huge head of Herman Munster. 
Yeah. I, I love Judd Crandall. Um, what, what, a, what a voice, too, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. So what's better, yeah. the chin of, of Judd Crandall or the chin of Bruce Campbell? <laughs> Judd Crandall's shoebox I mean, Bruce Campbell has head. made his career on that chin. Well, yeah. Campbell's already on there, too. You know what I mean? It's not like he's not on there with, with Army of Darkness and uh, Evil Dead. So oh, that's I, true. I, I, I would. And he's in I, Maniac I Cop too, as well. Don't forget. That's true. Yeah, that's he, true. He is, but of course, he um, apparently I didn't realize that um, he was going through a really messy divorce when he was making Maniac Cop two, uh, and he dies in like the first ten minutes of Maniac Cop two, and it's become a thing now that at conventions, um, because for like a while there, if the the rule was do not talk to Bruce Campbell about Maniac Cop two. Because oh, wow. he was really going through some shit and he doesn't want to talk about it. And then it morphed into a joke where it was like, definitely bring up Maniac Cop 2 to Bruce Campbell because he will make up a new insult for you. <laughs> and he's in on the joke. And it's now like a meme like, hey, tell me about your time on Maniac Cop 2 to solicit a, a unique roast from Bruce Campbell. So anyway, um, I would honestly put the first Evil Dead just above Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Because I think it was more seminal. Because I think, um, at least for, like, DIY fucking crazy, like, he, I think, purely for the level of craft that Sam Raimi had to figure out things, like, okay, so to get a dolly <laughs> shot, like, I'm just going to get a sawhorse and cover it in duct tape and then, like, like coat it with Vaseline and slide the camera along that to get this effect, like you had all these crazy solutions to problems like, I don't know, pump milk through it, and now the Deadites right. leak leak milk. Yeah, um, yeah. And there's so much that's stuff a really, that, That's a good point. Yeah. Where, like, Pet Cemetery. I mean, like, I love Pet Cemetery, but it is a pretty, like, by-the-book Stephen King adaptation. Yeah. Yeah. That's Do you guys have, like... You know, the, the the thing that I always compare early Sam Raimi to is, like, you know, early Peter Jackson stuff, obviously. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to, like, see if you guys had any of that on here. But there's Not nothing, like, yet. Not yet. top, yeah. yeah. See, that eventually, made, eventually I'm going to, Quincy, eventually I'm going to make you rewatch Meet the Feebles. Oh, Jesus. That's not a horror movie. Well, it's horrific, yeah. but it's not, like, it's comedy. It's well, the problem is, comedy. It's the problem is we can't do horrifying. Dead Alive because as soon as we do Dead Alive, I'm going to take the podcast hostage and yell, number one, better than Texas Chainsaw, fight me! <laughs> and so we, also, we, we haven't really brought up poster, but the Evil Dead poster might be a perfect poster. Oh, it's a f fucking the, the, iconic. The, oh, yeah, the, 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 the girl in the arm reaching out or whatever. Yeah, yeah. reaching up out of the ground. Yeah, but I think the second, I think Evil Dead 2's poster is pretty iconic as well. You know what yeah, I mean? That's like, yeah, that's true. I mean, there's like 50 of them in the movie Evil Ed yeah. alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we have. That's pretty good, though. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. number 17 is the Evil Dead. We have time for one listener request. And that oh, listener boy. request comes from an anonymous user on Tumblr, and they want us to rank Jaws. Yes. Huh. A thousand number times, one. yes. I... Next request. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say number one is on the list? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, like... I, yeah. now here's the thing. You say that, I'm actually kind of going, Jaws might actually be number Jaws one. Jaws is like an American I, I... classic in the ways yeah. that like it's kind of hard to defend Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Well, specifically with Jaws, I have rewatched it so many times that every time I rewatch it, I realize that like... Honestly, the the one exchange in Jaws that I think is better than most other complete movies is just, do you want to get drunk and fool around? Oh, yeah. 
just between yeah, yeah. a married couple. It's just, oh, it's yeah. so good. And then, like, yeah. I, the fact with this movie that so much of it comes down to kind of... Although I'm realizing it has the same thing as Texas Chainsaw and Alien, which is capitalism is the main monster of this thing. Right, because right. everything that happens you know, in Jaws happens because bureaucracy. the mayor's... Yeah, they're, he's trying to turn a profit. And he's wearing that goddamn oh, anchor blazer. That blazer is <laughs> one of the most effective pieces of storytelling because it tells you <laughs> fucking everything you got to know about this man. About him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and, and the, the another... Only... I just watched it the other night. So another like really perfect thing is... The mayor's like, we got to keep the beach open. It's 4th of July. And he's on the beach in his suit with that blazer suit. on. And he says to the, the city uh, city council member, why aren't you in the water? Get in the water. <laughs> and the man and his wife look at each other and like hold hands walking into the water like they're not going to come back. Like it's this. Yeah. We must yep. do this, but we know we've sealed our fate. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, this is like a perfect movie. It's it's perfect. And then I mean like obviously my, you know, my Twitter display name is the entire USS Indianapolis speech from Jaws. Oh, um well. I because yeah, I and it's so funny because with Jaws like there there's kind of a tuxedo mask uh from Sailor Moon level of like looks like my work is done here, but you didn't do anything. Swoops out. <laughs> Uh, thing with with, Ca- with Captain Quint because motherfucker doesn't do anything. Like, yeah. He he talks. He spends like the first hour of the movie sort of being like you know a salty dog and he's just mad. Nah, you know he's like a really rough dude, and then right. he gets punked out and eaten by a shark. And actually, it's Richard Dreyfuss yeah. that fucking does anything. See, I would argue that Quint does a lot to like wear the shark down because like he stabs the fuck out of him and like if it weren't for Quint dying like uh you wouldn't have the 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 tank wouldn't have gotten in the shark's mouth and the shark wouldn't have blown yeah that's so, it like, is his boat yeah yeah, yeah. it is that and is also true. the emotional weight of losing Quint like is necessary yeah because like you think Quinn is gone, you know we think Richard Dreyfuss's character is gone. You know, right. He's on his own. He's got to do that. And then there's like that wonderful surge of like, oh, I was just hiding in the coral the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and also I, I think with Jaws, I think it's also knowing the troubled production that Jaws had. Are you familiar yes. with the story of um, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg and a bunch of their buddies sneaking in? and fooling around with the shark puppet and then somebody getting caught in the shark and then the rest of them getting spooked and running away. <laughs> no. I've never heard of this. It's the I, I just I love it because I'm imagining these fucking dinguses. Just yeah, yeah. and then running like and then trying to get help because I think it was George Lucas got caught in the shark. Um, and this, this shark was a fucking problem. Like Steven Spielberg was I this movie very nearly didn't work. And then by the skin of its teeth became like one of the most iconic movies ever made. Yeah. And I think I, it's because the shark was broken. It's like it's the same reason why Star Wars uncut is so good because the effects were actually like that creative constraint of this dewback isn't going to actually move so you just have to move the camera around it is the same oh, yeah. as like this puppet actually looks right. kind of shitty so we can only see him like three times oh i mean that's like john carpenter's the thing like if you um if you had a, a worse director or somebody that didn't quite know how to shoot all of that stuff it would absolutely look like oh yeah that's an obvious puppet that's made to look like an upside down head that's a crab but 
John Carpenter is good enough that he can like use exactly the right angles and lighting to make this look as effective as possible. Well, and I think you touched on why the Thing remake was so bad is because they just said, oh, we can CG an alien, so let's look at it really well for yeah. like 20 minutes. I want to weep every time I think of that prequel. <sighs> it could have been so good. Um, but, so... You know, it's so what is scarier, Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Jaws? Like, Jaws legit terrifies me because it could... I don't want to say it could happen because that's also trash. Sharks don't actually attack people like No, that. no. And there's the Jaws effect, of course. Yeah. But, but, but you like, can make the argument that so could the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> True. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I've always had that weird sort of, like... I guess it's an unpopular opinion that Jaws isn't like a true horror movie. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's more of an action. Yeah, it's, it's like a thriller, which we've yeah, talked on the show there's... is like a pretentious way of saying it's a scary movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is fine. I mean, and obviously you guys have had this conversation before, but yeah, it, it doesn't have that like, it, you know, by the end of it, you lose that like element of the fantastical. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it is it is just a true movie about a, you know, about a shark. Now there's... there's hey, I, oh god, it's so good though. I feel like an asshole for like not even like you know. Oh no, but that's for try, trying to bump it down. But no, but that's a good there, point though. Yeah, no, but like there's... Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Halloween kind of like define this genre that we love. That, that's kind of what I was saying. Like I would put it closer to Alien yeah, as yeah. as something that's that's you know. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's so good though. Oh, I think man. it's definitely better than Alien. I think, I, I, yeah, yeah, I think it is too. See, I think the one reason that when I think of it, I think of it as a horror movie is I think of the da dum, da dum, da da dum 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 dum. Like that—that's such a, a fucking instantly recognizable like horror cue. But that's almost mm-hmm. less of a horror cue than just like yeah, like you said, like a suspense or like I don't know. Um, because because yeah, like, when I think of the horror shack, like like when I think of the horror section of the local video shack. I don't mm-hmm. usually picture Jaws in the horror section. Yeah. But where would you find Jaws 4 when they go to Jamaica? Oh, oh man. Well, okay, that's in the horror section. <laughs> uh, Jaws the Revenge, the, the absolutely hanging yeah, Jaws out right the Revenge. <laughs> it is, it yeah. is hanging out alphabetically right next to Jeepers Creepers, Jaws the Revenge. Oh, heads yeah. up, all of those yeah. are on Netflix, so we've got some good weeks lined up. Oh, man, I did not know that. I haven't seen Jaws the Revenge since I was a kid. Oh. Yeah, all I, of them I just are on Netflix it. currently. Now, I'm going to uh, say that, and now that it's recorded, they're going to take them off tomorrow. They're going to go. that's what yes. Netflix does. Absolutely. Yeah, it's got um, the last Starfighter in it. It's got Mario and Peebles. Oh man, I Michael Caine. Yeah. Um, now, um, so I would honestly, so if I'm putting it on the list, I gotta admit, I would put Alien above Jaws as a horror film because it because it's scarier. Well, because I think it impacted horror as a genre more. Because I think that Jaws was maybe more of a just generally it impacted movies more like well and you could also argue that steven spielberg isn't part of the cool kids like he's not part of that same <laughs> oh, sure. o'bannon yeah. carpenter 
all Cooper. those dudes. He's like yeah. the outsider that's like, I want to play too. Which is which is weird because we've got like two Steven Spielberg projects cracking our top well, ten. Well, that's, that, that, that's what I was going to say. You get Poltergeist, right? Yeah. Basically, got, uh... Steven Spielberg is the kid who bought a Bullet Club t-shirt at Hot Topic. And <laughs> you're like, you can't sit with us. That's not cool enough. And he's like but trying to, and he's like, like trying to too sweet you, and you're like, Stephen, don't not come, <laughs> please, not in front, not in front of my friends. But the thing is, is like we're looking, we're looking at that guy from like 2017. You know what I mean? Like, I oh, mean, yeah. this is he. You know, he 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 was kind of in that club, right? Like yeah. around that time. Like he was he was in the shit. You know, like he was he yeah, was friends yeah, he with was, all these guys. He definitely was. That's a good point. And I mean, he was tight enough with Tobe Hooper to make fucking Poltergeist. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, uh, and tight enough with Tobe Hooper to actually make Poltergeist. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a Poltergeist truther. Oh, I am also. Oh, no, listen, yeah, I no. See, I'm 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 100% Tobe Hooper made Poltergeist, and I will I will uh, die. Uh, St- with, stand by that. Yeah. yeah that Which is funny because I'm the opposite. That's a Steven Spielberg movie. <laughs> oh wow. That's, I mean, I you know, I, I I'm right I'm right there in the middle, guys. Because yeah. I mean, it's got elements of both. For sure. Uh, yeah, I think um, it, I think it's a Tobe Hooper movie with a warm Steven Spielberg center. <laughs> I, I think it's like music. chewy nougat. It's, yeah, he's the chewy. Spielberg. He's the yeah. chewy. Chew, he's the chewy Spielberg nougat. So it's that so, soundtrack that makes it Spielberg. But, but anyway, <laughs> so if we put Jaws at number four, uh-huh. right under Alien, that's like an unassailable top five. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's like a legitimate like all top like all five of these are fucking stone cold classics. Straight I was, I was happy to see Get Out in that uh, in that top that top ten there. Oh that's man, good. I think honestly Get Out might be one of the most intense movie going experiences I've ever had like in the theater. I clapped. I never clap in yeah. movies, and like yeah. during that, where are the keys? Like I'm like woo. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I pumped my fist and yelled at the very end when he tu- when it turned out to be his friend instead of just some random cop. Yeah, yeah. And like, I saw it with like a perfect crowd at a theater in Burbank on like a Thursday night, and everybody was <laughs> just hot and just like screaming, and it was it was so good. Anyway, so honestly, a new number four that is pretty goddamn respectable, I think. All right, so there you go, anonymous on Tumblr. Uh, there you go. So if you want to submit your listener requests, please do hit us up at rankandvilecast at gmail or fill our ask box on Tumblr, and maybe you can crack the top ten with your movie. Or even better, you could you could unseat the bottom slot. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, a race to the bottom is a fine thing to have, you know. So, Chad, where can our listeners uh, find you online and in uh, their local comic book shops? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, on- online, I'm, I'm mostly on Twitter and uh, Instagram. I'm, I think I'm just at Chad Bowers uh, on on Twitter and then Chad Bowers on Instagram. Um, so those are both pretty easy. Uh, as far as in the store, I mean, you know, obviously Ash versus Army of Darkness just ended last week. We've got uh, Kiss versus Army of Darkness. I think that's going to start probably in March, if I remember correctly, and uh, it might be February. I can't remember exactly. Uh, we uh, Chris and I have a Darkhawk book that just came out this week, which is doing uh, surprisingly well. It's a Darkhawk one shot as part of Marvel Legacy. Oh, yeah. uh, we we hope to. Yeah, if you've read it and you enjoy it, please email Marvel. Uh, there's a little. Uh, tutorial on how to do it in the back if you don't already know um, 
they are they are watching those numbers and, and trying to figure out what they're going to do next. We would love to do more Darkhawk. Uh, let's see what else. What else? What else? I mean, you know, I got a lot of stuff. I do Youngblood uh, at, at at Image, uh, which is a uh, sort of a a repackaged, rebranded version of Rob Liefeld's Youngblood from the '90s, but sort of turned uh, turned into something a little bit different. Uh, I do that with Jim Toad, who's an amazing artist that I work with over there. Um, let's see. I got, you know, I got a lot of stuff coming out. I got a couple things that are, that are unannounced. Um, got a lot of stuff. Deadpool Bad Blood is going to be out in paperback soon. That's the trade pay, That's the uh, Deadpool graphic novel that Chris and I did with Rob Liefeld last year. Um, oh, yeah. Nice. And then, of course, oh, Sword Quest. Yeah, don't forget Sword Quest. Uh, that's the, that just finished as well. Uh, that was a, a book that Chris and I did with uh, Ghost Rider X, who we worked with before on a couple things. It's a... A book about the uh, the Atari game Sword Quest from the eighties. Oh hell yeah! And uh, yeah, so yeah, that's me. That's I'm, I got I got stuff. And if <laughs> yeah. we haven't convinced you to listen to comic books, and you live in one of these tiny towns without a comic book shop, um, Comicsology is a really good option, and in many yeah. ways can be better than uh, filling your house with single issues. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm 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 kind of there now. I just moved. We just, my wife and I, we just bought us a new place, and uh, I'm moving stuff out of storage. I'm like, I gotta get some. I gotta get rid of these single issues, you know? Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm on di- different digital platforms all the time now. You're exactly right. Ryan, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find us? Well, I tell you what, they can find us on Twitter at RankinVileCast at Twitter.com, uh, on Instagram at just RankinVile. And on Tumblr at Just Rank and Vile, we both tweet incessantly about some bullshit. Um, and and then of course uh, at Tumblr we reblog a lot of gore. Uh, and on Instagram, uh, that's pretty much Quincy's domain, and I never venture there. So listen, uh, we're brought to you this week by Turnbuckle Titans. These are some of the, the, they're the young lions in the wrestling merch game. Mm -hmm. They are dropping a Leatherface uh, t-shirt. That's right, Leatherface from IWA Nail Hill Deathmatch. Yeah. So if you want to rep everyone's favorite horror movie themed wrestler, uh, they're offering free shipping. Uh, you can just go to turnbuckletitans.bigcartel.com and use the code RANKINVILE and get you a Leatherface shirt with free shipping, which is the best kind of shipping. Yeah, so which was great because out. which was great because Quincy was like, hey, which of these shirts do you want? And I was like, super leather. And you were like, oh, that's the only one that's available. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so it, it turned out good. Um, and yeah, so I, I think that's, uh, that's about all I got. Yeah, do you got anything else, Quincy? That's it. Thanks for listening, and have a great week, y'all. Have a week, folks.